Yeah. So the one thing I would say is, I think maybe all the young entrepreneurs, like the startup entrepreneurs will agree with me is uh, you don't plan for the scaling, right? Because you don't know when that is going to happen. So that is something, even in my uh, guest speaker thing that I always tell the entrepreneurs who are like building their organization, think, think big. Welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast, a weekly show where we bring you interviews and in-the-weeds expertise with today's B2B experts and thought leaders. You can see more about today's episode and guest by visiting our website at leadersofb2b.com. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B companies launch revenue-generating podcasts. We schedule interviews between you and your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up for engaging conversations, we handle everything else. Ready to build a podcast that grows your business in just one hour per week? Reach out to us at contentallies.com. Hey leaders, welcome back. This is Ledge. Our guest today is the CEO and founder of Bits.io, Kalpana Krishnamurthy. Kalpana, welcome. I know you can do a better intro of yourself and your company, so, so please do that for everybody who doesn't know you. Okay. Hi, Ledge. Thank you for having me. Um, I am Kalpana Krishnamurti, and I'm the CEO of uh, Bitsio Inc. Um, Bitsio is a Splunk partner company. Uh, we provide Splunk professional services. Uh, for some of you, if you've not heard or know about Splunk, it is a data platform which analyzes tons of machine data that gets generated uh, every day in an organization and it kind of like indexes everything and then you have the data there so you can search, you can analyze and you can visualize it and it helps uh, organizations make better decisions. You can either use the same data for your uh, information security, for your security side or for your IT service intelligence side or to make better business decisions. So, you know, that's what that platform is. It's a data platform. And us, we are a Splunk Elite Partner. We got the Splunk Partner of the Year Award 2020. So we are super excited about that. And all we focus on is Splunk and help our customers, you know, harness this huge platform and get value out of the data and make insightful decisions. So that's what Splunk is and what Bets.io is. And uh, that's what we do. So that's interesting to focus really your entire business on a third-party platform and provide, you know, I guess extra value and services around that. What was the the decision like to to grow into a a company that that did that? So initially, the organization was like a consulting uh, organization, and then you know we thought like we will pivot and focus on a niche market. And, you know, Splunk was a very good product and very good platform. Um, you know, tons of organizations use that, the Fortune, you know, 100 companies from small to, you know, big size, they use that. And we thought like, that is something fun. We like the culture of Splunk too, you know, like that is something like, it's, it's really cool and fun, like work hard, party hard uh, type of culture they have. And uh, so that's what we thought, you know, there's something fun to do plus, my C- my CTO, who is a co-founder of Bets.io too, he is a Splunk consultant. And to go a little bit with my backstory, I used to work for the state and I was completely in the .NET technology. Nothing I knew about Splunk. But then one day, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, like pivoting and what can we do with the organization. And then we thought like, you know, why not Splunk? That's how it all started. And then we started focusing on that. 
And yes, right, security is very important. The world needs it. And cybersecurity is going is becoming more and more important. So I think we did the right pivot and we are in the right field. Yeah, absolutely. And what's it what's it like being a partner and, and partner of the year of you know such a, a substantial you know platform really that the Splunk is their own company and then there's this this idea of you know how partnership is so important and you really you built a whole business around it and you know I think people talk about partner and channel sales a lot as a development channel for a business but you've really taken it you know to the next level super niche and focused and I just wonder you know what's that like to be a partner like that where you focus on on one particular platform so i would first uh, you know thanks plunk because they are very partner focused uh, they want to focus a lot on the product providing the platform building that and what more features they could add and they um, uh, you know work with the partner ecosystem so that way the partners are very good in implementing the solution at the customer place. Since you know we are with the customer, we work in uh, with different customers and complex environment. So professional services is something that we are best doing at. So they kind of like you know help the partners, support them, um, and 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 that's how the partnership works. But I won't say it was easy to build right to the level where you are the partner of the year. But uh, I would say that trust and relationship are two important things that you need to build for any business. So we had to show Splunk that we are good at what we do and we are skilled at what we do. And so Splunk kind of like trusts the partners and that's why we are the partner of the year for 2020 because they know that if they put us in an engagement, uh, we would you know, perform and excel and help the customer eventually to Splunk or to us, customers most important and solving their problems and helping them uh, get what they want is the most important thing. And that's what we both focus on. And so that's how it all happened. And it was like a long three-year journey, but a fun three-year journey too. Uh, We had to really work hard and fight to get the partnership. (laughs) So we had to like, hey, we are good. We've done so many engagements. Why can't we be a partner? So in 2018, uh, I would say that we were blessed <laughs> with a partnership from Slunk. And uh, from that time onwards, we kind of like met all the folks, we networked, we kind of proved through the work we do, our skills, and also uh, showed them that we are a good partner to lean into and to depend on because we are easy to work with, we are fun to work with, and we know what we're doing. So that is like a, a long trust and relationship that we have built with different sectors of Splunk. Like you have your commercial, you have your public and all those things. So that's what I would say. Um, so trust and relationship is what has got us here. Obviously, you know, the skills, right? You need to be skilled. So we have that too. Right, right. I mean, really, you started from, I love I love the journey of how a company grows. So you start where it's you and your partner, you know, maybe originally having an idea for a company and going out on your own. I don't know if it's, you know, this discussion around the the kitchen table or in the garage or, you know, some mythical uh, startup beginnings, you know, but I mean, eventually you hang out a shingle, you say, we're going to make a company. It's just the two of you. And then the space between then and now is, I don't know, dozens of people and, you know, this, this elite partnership, what were the, the key milestones or, you know, turning points where you start to say, wow, this is a real 
thing. You know, we we made good choices. I mean, I, that's the stuff that really I think is great for the the founder who's listening. You know, that you start from effectively nothing and you you become something. And there's key points along the way to that. I'd love to hear some of those stories. Yeah, definitely. I'm you know I would love to share our journey because it is like interesting and fun too. So um, and me and my partner, we both are best friends too. We've been friends for 20 years and we both are from the IT field and, you know, he, we are family friends too. And he does his thing. I do my thing. We always talk, we catch up. Um, and I worked for the state for 14 years before I could jump into Bitsayo the full time. So we kind of like kept talking about it, about what do we do? And then Splunk came up and then we are thinking like, oh, okay, you know, we should start this and we should do. And then we started the company and we started working. It was just two of us. Uh, but then uh, down the road, we realized that doing a full-time job and working part-time on your business is not going to work. So I had to make the hard decision. Do I just stick with my state comfortable retirement secure job or come to this, come to Betsaya, grow it from zero where there is nothing and uh, see how it goes. Then I thought like, you know what? This is a great opportunity and opportunity is going to knock only once at your door. So jump on it. And yes, I jumped on it and I trusted, uh, you know, my friend and my co-founder and both of us had the skills that we need uh, to build this organization. So that's how uh, we, we thought about it. And I think we went back and forth, like with part-time, full-time, when is the right time to do the job? When should I quit and come full-time to handle this? And I remember, I think one time we were driving back from Chicago after meeting a few folks. You know, that's when I told my uh, uh, friend and partner that, hey, you know what? I think I'm ready. I will, you know, quit in the next two months because I want to do justice to my job I am. I have to hand everything over and make sure that is smooth. Um, so in two months, you know what? I'll be able to do it. And then I came, I spoke to my family, I spoke to my husband, and he was like all for it. He said that, I believe in you, Kalpana, and I know you make good decisions. Go for it. Go try whatever you want. And then I had to call my family back in India and say like, hey, I'm quitting my state job. <laughs> and some of them were like, if something uh, fails, if it doesn't go, you can go back, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want them to be comfortable and say yes. But in my mind, I knew that this will work and we will make it work. Right. So that, that's how it all started. And then I jumped full time in. And yes, in the beginning, lots of challenges. Uh, things were not happening as we wanted to. Uh, but you know what? We just kept moving along and and it's and things started changing, changing within a couple of months. And then 2018 hit and then we were able to just take off and grow from, from grow from there. Uh, in a year, we just grew like 10 times when we started from where we were. But one thing I would like to share that helped with the success, that would help with the growth, is I strongly believe in law of attraction. So when you really want something to happen, it will happen if you take the right steps, you work hard, you put your thoughts, you align everything, and then the universe will play its role in aligning things for you. But yes, in the way through, did we have hurdles and hiccups? Yes, you do, right? It, that, that's what life and journey is about. And you just deal with it and then just keep going. Like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm here. I will make it. We will make it happen. And it all worked from there. So those are the things. So I always 
sorry, I'm talking too long, but I really wanted to mention this with one small question you asked and I'm going off on a tangent, but you know, like one time I heard this um, on a YouTube video uh, that changed a lot, you know, the way, the way I think and do stuff. Uh, one is like, do you love what you're doing? And uh, are you good at what you're doing? Does the world need it? And will the world pay for it? If all these fours are like, check, 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 yes. And then yes, it's going to be successful and good. And then I kind of analyze like what it is. And I love growing something. I love challenges. I love working with people. Um, so, and I thought that I'm good at that. And so that all worked. And does the world need cybersecurity and Splunk? Yes, it definitely needs that. And will the world pay for it? Yes, definitely a lot. So we thought like, okay, we are in the right field and this is going to happen. And here we are. Right. That's a great framework. I imagine you could use the same framework to think about any line extensions or should I or should I not add this to our service portfolio and all this. I mean, it's easy to say like we're a Splunk partner or we're a partner in X. Uh, then reality is, you know, do we, which things do we sell? How do we sell it? You know, you have to make a lot of decisions about that. And you weren't then a career entrepreneur. This is your first founding, you know, experiment. And uh, sometimes, you know, you talk to, we talk to a lot of serial entrepreneurs, well, second, third, fourth time. Uh, so you, you just jumped in and you said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this the first try. And, and here we are so far. So good. <laughs> that's a, that's an excellent story. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So this is my first one. But back home in India, where I grew up, my dad was a business person and we owned the school. Um, and my house was inside this school compound, you know, the, uh, inside the uh, inside the school. So, that, so that's where I grew up. And I watched my dad, you know, do what he's doing and taking care of all the, all the students and the teachers. And I kind of like started imagining... Until I saw Law of Attraction, I didn't understand that I really liked business from my young age. It, it never occurred to me. Later, I realized, after jumping into Bits.io, and only afterwards, I realized, like, oh, maybe I had it in me earlier. But um, I didn't realize that, uh, you know, till now. Um, so so, so that's, that's something I saw. And then my sister wanted to do a, a dental uh, clinic in India. So from here, you know, and she's from Malaysia. <laughs> she lives in Malaysia. So we both were like trying to run a business from here in India. So those all like a little bit, uh, you know, help and practice I had, but she was running it mostly and I was helping her. Uh, this was my very first one. And, and my partner stuck me into the CEO role. And I'm like, I had to grow into that role because I've never been in that role. I've never done that. But uh, initially, you know, wearing all those different hats was the challenge, right? You're the admin, you're the sales, you're the marketing, you're everything. And then, um, you know, and then we grew from there. Now, everything we did is an experience. I learned a lot from everything we did. And when we had to go and start companies in India, in Costa Rica, in other, and in UK, uh, it was a learning experience because I didn't know how to go and register at a company in Costa Rica. So I had to work. There is, again, more trust. And all the documents were in Spanish. <laughs> right. I had to, like, you know, work with them and, you know, try to figure it out. So I kind of, like, trusted the person I worked with. It came through reference. I, I'm a person who trusts other people and always believe in positive things and uh, helping each other type thing. So it all worked out. You know, we registered in Costa Rica. 
from here, from being in US, and I was able to do the same in India, building the network there and then asking the right questions, uh, going in, you know, checking things out, uh, you know, all, because you have to do your due diligence, right, to make sure that everything is okay. So those were all like uh, fun, challenging experiences, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I bet that is like all kinds of stuff to go over in that. So I imagine at the beginning, you were not the technical partner that you were, or you have been technical, but like, as far as Splunk goes, you know, your partner kind of took on probably a lot of that delivery then. And so you had to wear the other hats, which would be operations, finance, sales, marketing, uh, HR, probably you know, as you grew teams and built companies and, you know, in different uh, locales and all those, those things. I'm always interested, particularly in the the sales seat. You know, a lot of people jump off to say, yeah, I'm going to start a company. I know how to do a, a thing. Um, you need to book clients, right? So, you know, what what was that process like you to get to a comfortable level of clients where you really felt the momentum was there? Because you, you have this problem at consulting at the beginning where you have to sell it and you have to do it. And the balance of trying to sell the next one while you're doing the first one and so on and so forth, like that scaling of a human enterprise is, is really difficult from the, the services side. I'd love if you could advise on anything that worked there, you know, as you quickly grew um, the services business. Yeah, a couple of things, you know, I, I would like to share is one, yes, I didn't know Splunk. But I was from the technology background, 20 years, you know, I've been in IT, so I can go and learn and try to understand. But you know what? Um, I had to go through certifications. Even though I had my, uh, you know, Suman, my CTO and my co-founder, you know, do the technical part and do the delivery part, still I'm the fundraising and I had to build that trust with the customer I'm talking to. So I did the certifications, I learned and I took the exams and I did up to like a power user level and like a sales engineer level. So that way I can talk the terms really. I'm a person who would like to do my homework. And, you know, my partner always kept saying, Kofna, you're like trying to be, you know, beat yourself too hard. Don't do that. You know, it's okay. I'm like, no, you know, I want to be at a level where I'm comfortable about talking about the, uh, the product that... Uh, the services that we are offering. So it really helps. So I would tell everyone to go do the homework, you know, taking up something, put all your effort in trying to understand it, be committed to it and be thorough, or try to be thorough in, in what you're doing. So that kind of helped me. And I learned, like watched a lot of videos, read a lot of text and everything. So it, the initial meetings, I would say, I would practice my flow. I'm like, what am I going to say? What am I going to deliver? But now it's like second nature to me. But initially, you know, because you have only that one chance in front of the customer to build the trust, right? And make them feel like, yes, we could do this for you and believe us and, you know, take uh, get the deal. So that is something I would say that we did. And also uh, having a partner who's very strong technically. So I kind of like start the conversation Initially, we both tried to be there together. So that way I come from the, uh, you know, like the business, the, the sales side of it, and he comes from the technical side of it. So I think that was a very good combination we had. And that is one of the key to our success because we both had different roles to play that complement each other and that will help the company grow. So, so, so that, I would say, helped us to be here where we are. And when you finally figured out CEO can't do everything, 
you know, can't do all the things. How did you scale out and start to grow a leadership team? There's, I, I find it a little bit easier to build out the delivery teams. Not that it's easy. You still have a lot of HR, you know, sort of issues and all kinds of things, talent management, training, you know, QA, like you name it. There's all kinds of stuff on delivery. There's all kinds of different challenges on building a leadership team when you finally have to let go of some part of business development or marketing or finance. Or you just you can't do all the things. So what was that journey like for you to, to build out the leadership team to help you scale? Yeah, at, at one point we realized, right, we are scaling and this is not going to work and we have to build the leadership team because we start from zero and then, you know, we... We are almost like 30 right now. And then our plan is to be 50 by end of this year. So I would say that building uh, expertise. So for accounts, I had a company that will help. And then for HR, we went to this PEO platform that, that can help us. And for marketing, we went to a third party. You know, they could, have, they could help us. Uh, but sales alone, we kept it because, you know, me and my partner, we were doing it. But, but now we have the sales leader, too. So so right now we have a, a leadership, our leadership team for all these um, areas. But getting here, uh, you know, was hard because you learn the hard way, right? <laughs> Initially, it was easy. But five people managing, not bad. I can do everything. Anybody has any issues and I can figure it out for them. Um, then we have to work with the immigration, with the visas and those things, too, because we like to give opportunities for uh, good talent. So we would do that, too. But then when we got to, got to 10, it was a little bit hard. And then as we were growing, before we could realize we are growing so fast that we had to do something about it. And uh, lots of, uh, uh, you know, time and organizing and things that we need to do to do this. But we have an accounting firm. We have a marketing firm. We have our we have our admin in-house now. But then I was doing all that before. So, so that's how we did it. Now we are trying to bring everything in-house. So slowly as we grow, it's going to help. So so that's how it, uh, I would do. I would say pick the right firm who has expertise, who kind of like understands your business and who will uh, work with you. So Knockwood so far, God's grace, you know, we have a great team, um, not only within Betsayo, but all the other organizations that work with us. Um, you know, they've helped us a lot. So you made really good use then of a lot of functional outsourcing to take, you know, certain pieces of the business. And then your job, I imagine as a CEO was the integration of all of those services to make sure that they're all on the same track. And it's interesting the way that we can build and scale businesses now much different than you used to be able to do. You don't have to have everything in-house. And there's a key time when you say, well, it makes more sense to have in-house versus versus not, but you were able to hone in on really building a, a stable of vendors then who would, would essentially be your partners and get that done for you. How did you choose vendors effectively? Like what was that process like? Because I, I find people get paranoid or not paranoid, but really paralyzed with the selection of excellent vendor partners. It's really difficult. Yeah, right. You need to have the right vendor and you need to write the choose. Uh, you need to choose the right vendor for your organization. So, yeah, we would shortlist like three or four 
in in any vertical that we needed in any division we needed and then you know take the time to talk to them and try to understand and then ask all the questions and it was not that hard for me to identify because i was kind of doing everything and then i kind of know that what we would need and then i would talk to them and tell them like you know like okay do you have like all these and what more can you do and this is our plan we are planning on scaling and these are some of the hiccups we had or these are some of the things that was hard for us we learned it we made mistakes and we learned from that so what is that you could help with so those are something being a part of every piece of it uh, and knowing uh, doing it kind of helped me in picking the right vendor too and i always had my uh, support right so, uh, my suman was there to help me and we both would talk and discuss and uh, it took a while to decide on which vendor we wanted to go and there's also a lot of uh, upfront work that you need to do and give all the data to them that they would need and then it might not even work out and then you need to repeat the whole thing with uh, another vendor yeah finding the marketing company was hard part i would say because you had to keep repeating the whole thing and everybody again talks about the personas and everything you keep doing the same thing with multiple vendors till you find the right one similarly with the peo platform with all the data you need to provide and with the health benefits and all those things but luckily since i played a major role in in all those areas it was um, not that hard to find the right vendors and still the vendor you have today might not be who you want next year and already we are thinking about you know what next with as we are scaling and growing this kind of fits this size but what happens you know next year when we are bigger and larger so yeah it's a it's a constant process that you know keeps happening and you keep changing and adapting as you grow right and everything i always think of it as we're all trying to push you know, a bunch of rocks up the same mountain and you kind of want to keep the rocks roughly in line. You need operational capacity and delivery capacity and support capacity and sales capacity, all of which takes more money. And eventually you have to pay for it with revenue. And you just go like, which thing do I push now? Like which lever do I pull at any given time? And that's, I think the art of business where you, you just have to make leaps sometimes and you don't have all the data and you kind of think, I, I think what I know what this might look like but not sure how will i know when i'm wrong <laughs> it'll probably look like the same type the same type of thing as when i was wrong last time here's what it looked like uh talk about your i love the idea of we made mistakes and you learned from it T talk about that you don't need to tell me specific examples unless you want to but i i think that founders need to know more about that the the mistakes while fast scaling can really cause a lot of hurt and damage. Um, what what was that mistake making and recovery process like for you? Yeah, so the one thing I would say is, I think maybe all the young entrepreneurs, like the startup entrepreneurs will agree with me is, uh, you don't plan for the scaling, right? Because you don't know when that is going to happen. So that is something, um, even in my uh, guest speaker thing that I always tell the entrepreneurs who are like building their organization, Think, think big, you know, think about scaling and set everything, uh, build your foundation strong for to take that scaling. Otherwise, you'll have a lot of sleepless nights, <laughs> 24 bar seven, you know, work days because you need to fix it. You can't lose what you built, um, right? You have to fight it and make it happen. 
And for us, our team was the most important thing. So till a while, it is fine, right? But as the team grows, you need to have everything in place for them because I would say our team is, an, is our asset. And I want to make sure that we do it right. So that's why quickly we moved into a PEO platform because we realized that this is not happening and too many questions. And I can't be one person talking about, you know, all the questions related to HR or related to whatever they have. So that's why we had to bring the expertise in. So about mistakes, I would say that I wish I had thought about this huge growth that we would have earlier on, build the foundation so strong that it, it would have been easy to scale. Um, so we could have avoided some of the mistakes we did. But you know what? As a business owner, you always go and put out fires, right? It happened. You're like, I apologize. I'll make it happen. You kind of like build, you know, earn back the trust and then you do it. So that thing I would say uh, I should have uh, done a little bit better for the foundation. Um, and that also brought us another thing that I would like to share with, you know, whoever, with others is prioritize. When you are like growing, you get pulled from different directions. And at a point, I realized that I am just doing admin work and I'm not able to think about the growth. I'm not able to think about the sales. I'm not able to, you know, bring more business in. And so, so prioritize. And I think you would have heard about the rocks and the sand and the pebbles story. So my jaw was getting a fill, uh, filled a lot with the sand, not even the pebbles. <laughs> I needed to fit the rocks in. So the goals. So set your goals, have some clarity, take the time to step back. And do, you know, I always thought like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. I need to do this. But then I realized that I need to step back, let go of your opportunities because we are not ready. It is okay. But then set the foundation so strong that you can uh, grow and you, you'll get more, you know, like more than what you lost. So, so that's something I would say that I learned and I said, and we're implementing the operating system type platform. So everything will be in an autopilot mode. People will know what to do. So everybody pulls in the same direction because everybody just does things on their own uh, and not knowing where we are going and how we are going, then you don't have that momentum and you don't pull in one direction. So that's something we learned. And then we are setting it by end of this year, we should be like, strong with our uh, foundation we, our foundation is three-fourth built i would say <laughs> A little bit i think no, i think you're totally right and and i could say looking back on my adventures that you always wish that you built a little more stronger foundation at the beginning and then i question myself because i go back and i say you know like I, I think i made the best decisions i could at the time you know so i think you, in hindsight you say i wish i built more that could sustain more but you also had financial pressures and choices of where to spend that money, you know, back at that point, you know, so I, I often wonder when I, I second guess myself in that way is like, would it even have been possible to do the thing that I'm now picking on myself for not doing? But I think that's the quandary of, <laughs> of being the founder. You get to look back at your own creation kind of, eh, I wish I did it that way. And you could be proud at the same time as saying, but I could have done it better. I, that happens to be. You are so right, right? At that point, whatever we could do, we did. And you're right, revenue, right? Where do you spend the revenue? So like, I'll try to deal with all this while we are growing the team. So that's that's what we were focusing on. The team and the customers were the two things that we were focusing on a lot. So we were t taking up, you know, all the other things we could do. And, and, and you're right, we do the best. And at that time, at, uh, you know, at that scenario, whatever is the best thing you do, you do. And... Uh, 
always everybody, you know, looks back and says like, we could have done it better, but at that time, that's the best we could do. And that's what we did. But I always listen and learn from other people, right? Like, so from their experience, so certain things I picked up like that and then started uh, setting the process. So um, I'm always open and I always listen um, to other people's experience and try to see if I could incorporate that at that, you know, at that point, or right now, if there is something I could learn and do, you know, I would learn and do. But the first three years, I would say it's super fast. It just it's it's just like too many things coming at the same time, and handling it is is hard. So you're right. Um, would I have done anything different uh, back then at that point? No, I think I we did the best we could. Right. Well, it seems to have worked. That's good. And you talked about being a learner. Uh, at, by nature, right? Doing your homework and just so technical certifications and all that stuff to be a good sales leader and engineer. And then uh, you talk a little bit about you know things that you consumed from YouTube talks, which I'm guessing would be some kind of TED talk or something like that. And I wonder what else is your learning regime? You know, as you stayed busy and continue to be busy, there's never going to be a good time to be a learner. You, you have to just simply prioritize a little bit of that strategic, you know, self-investment. So how do you do that? And then what sources do you use to do it? So you're right, right? There is no time at all. You have to carve time for yourself and uh, you need to do that. So I always like to listen to YouTube videos or some motivation videos. And then I like to go and read a lot uh, because Right now we are with Splunk and we are a Splunk platform and we are trying to identify what would be the complementing technologies, what is happening out in the world, currently what is the need uh, type thing. So I would I read a lot online and I listen a lot uh, from, from the different podcasts and uh, the YouTube videos. And I just sometimes, the one thing is every day I like to keep my mind, uh, that I give a lot of importance to that. I keep my mind healthy and clear. Uh, and every morning when I wake up, I'm like, I tell myself, today is going to be an amazing day and I'm doing, I'm going to do great. Um, and it's going to be exciting because you, as a business owner, every day has to be fun and exciting for you so that way you can grow the company better. So I would say mind is very important. So I always, if I'm not clear or if I'm kind of sometimes you know like you're you're down because things doesn't happen how you want it to happen so then I kind of like sit and reflect yes that's what I was looking for I would sit and reflect okay what happened why it happened okay it happened how are we going to get over this and what are the steps that we are going to take so keeping the mind healthy is very important and I spend a lot of time on that and uh, you know working out too because that kind of like helps me you know pumped up and motivated to do things so those are two things that I always every day spend time on and reading I try to read I try to read books and I try to listen a lot and uh, on the internet so that's what I do that's a lot so how much of your day goes to that versus you know what people real work you know urgent work uh, how do you divide your time up so time management was something that I had to learn. Initially, as I said, I was doing a lot of uh, sand. And then I realized, you know what? I have to do time management. So yes, there are, there's going to be a lot of disturbances that is going to keep coming. But then I need to focus. So like during my day, like the, my mornings are committed to my mind and my body. <laughs> so I kind of like take the time. And so I schedule everything after 
I always uh, schedule time for uh, workout and thing like some uh, reflecting meditation type thing in the morning. And then after that, taking care of the immediate emails. And then I set a time in my uh, schedule for the big major things that I have to do. So we have like a weekly leadership meeting and then we have uh, our quarterly rocks. And so every week we kind of build towards that. And so I go and look at my to-dos that I have to do. And then I focus on that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend some time on my to-dos to get that on the big to-dos that I have to do. And then I get pulled in different directions and there are meetings that you need to do. So you have to tell yourself, Kalpana, do not look at the emails now. <laughs> go and work on this. And then that email can wait and then you can go back and uh, look at it and do it. Otherwise, you'll be consumed with so many things because every person thinks that their uh, need is an emergency and I have to be there to solve that. But I kind of like put my time into what Betsayo needs and what is the big things that Betsayo need. I think in that uh, aspect and then take care of that first and then take care of the other things. I'm telling you, you can always find time. You know, once you learn to manage time, you can find time. There's all kinds of wisdom in there. So I just want everybody to sit with that and listen to it. Kalpana, we're going to run out of time. So let me give you the sort of the floor again to just to put your futurist hat on. You talked about building the next 25% of the, the foundation. What else? What else do you have planned for you in the business next year or so uh, before we wrap up? So what? We, so this year and in the coming next uh, two years, what we're focusing on is building our managed services practice and the managed security services practice. So we are seeing where customers, because Splunk is a unique skill and it needs a lot of certifications and a lot of uh, um, experience working in different uh, customer environments and complex environments. And the customers, their business goal is uh, something else, right? Their business goal is not Splunk and professional services. When they can focus on that, we can bridge that gap and we see there is a gap that uh, could be filled with managed services. So that way they don't need to worry about managing the Splunk environment. We could do it for them and help them get you know, whatever they need from the uh, Splunk uh, uh, solution and help with their organization's goal. So, so that's something that we are seeing so uh, a lot a request for. So we are building that. We are bringing leadership uh, leads for all those verticals. So we're bringing like one more level of uh, leadership under the, you know, like the C-level. So we are doing that. And uh, security services is something that is uh, going to be very important and needed in the future. So we are going to start with Splunk um, uh, as a sim for the security uh, part of it, and the, and then later add you know other platforms and technologies. Initially, we'll start with something that complements Splunk, and then figure out what would be the other uh, platforms and technologies we could uh, get into. Get our foot strong with using this into those services, and then go about that. And also, cloud is something that is going to be you know coming up, and we are putting all our you know uh, resources in there to be that professional service company that can help with the Splunk cloud environment of our customers. So th those are a couple of things that we will be focusing on for the next uh, two years. So you'll be able to allocate all your thinking time. So there's just been no problem that every day your, your thinking time will be filled with all kinds of excellent things to do. So <laughs> Yes, thinking time. Excellent. Kalpana, thank you so much for spending time. Really appreciate it. I know you're busy and it's just, uh, I love sharing this wisdom 
with the other listeners. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great talking to you. If anybody wants to reach out and, and talk to you, what's the best way to do that? You know, um, my my email ID, they can email me. They can call sure. me. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> I would like to share my journey and my experience, and I'll be happy to do that. Um, so I can share those with you, and then uh, you can give it out, right? That's awesome. And and also, I know you use LinkedIn very much, too, so easy to find on there. So Yeah, thank you. I was blanking out. <laughs> Thank no you. No problem. Yeah, Thank did. you for spending time. We so appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, Ledge. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leaders of B2B podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating. And as always, you can see more information about this episode and all the resources mentioned at leadersofb2b.com. Mm-hmm.